This episode is brought to you by the Lagunitas Brewing Company's Chicago Taproom and Beer Sanctuary. Come for fresh beer, live music, and killer food Wednesdays through Sundays, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Bring your group and hop on a brewery tour seven days a week. Swing by the Lagunitas Taproom in Pilsen or find some near you at Lagunitas.com. Life is uncertain. Don't sip. Life is uncertain. The Shining. It is a time of 1970s destitution for the down-on-their-luck family of the Torrances. Jack Torrance, the former English teacher father, a sometime playwright, needs a job desperately to fund his family stay-at-home mom wendy and the psychically sensitive boy danny jack heads to a job interview but will he make it or will he wind up not getting the job smash wipe to a helicopter shot the mountains of is it colorado bro where um uh, the, yeah, Overlook Hotel. the mountains of Colorado, we see a yellow Volkswagen Beetle, which seems unsuited for this rugged... <laughs> Hello? Hey! <laughs> hey, get out of the way, you piece of shit! <laughs> But I was, it's, uh, I gotta get, I gotta get all this kindling up the mountain uh, to the hotel. It gets awful cold here in the winters, don't you know? Move I, out of the way, man! I gotta get to the Overlook Hotel with my pregnant wife and son. Oh, you must be that newcomer seeking a job at the Overlook. Don't mind me; I'm just the lumber conductor driving my tr- train on the country road. You're giving yourself airs, man. You're just a the uh, wood jockey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the heartbroken uh, <laughs> uh, pulp technician pulls his truck forward and continues through the winding Colorado mountain roads as the beetle pulls off into an imposing, uh, some, some might say menacing, gigantic hotel. Yes. Overlooking... The Mountain Pass. The Mountain Pass. Smash White! The lobby of the Overlook Hotel. We see a gigantic title in white that says, The Interview. In case you didn't know that this interview scene was about to take place. (laughs) If there's one thing that, uh, what's his name who directed this? Stanley Kubrick. If there's one thing Stanley Kubrick likes, it's taking shortcuts. So he just says, this is a job interview, and then doesn't bother to do any set dressing or... Uh, he's like, uh, just pretend like there's a job interview happening here. Um, I think Kubrick was trained in the silent movie era. So he's like, we need title cards to say, like, a chase ensues. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so we got to do this classy like uh, Stanley Kubrick did. <clears throat> hey there, tits. My name's Jack Torrance, and I'm here for a job interview. Why don't you just show me to the manager's office at the Overlook Hotel, says the, <laughs> like, like devilishly grinning Jack Nicholson, who's being, like, weirdly, like, we're, we're conspiratorial. We're both in on the same joke here. 
like devilish grin to everyone in his vicinity. Ah, yes, Mr. Torrance, come in. We're so pleased that you could join us here at the Overlook Hotel. <clears throat> well, uh, as you know, is it uh, Mr. Olman? That's me, the old man, Mr. Olman, is what they call me. <laughs> Although. Uh, it doesn't stop me from uh, having my way with whichever of the household maids. I think we're both <clears throat> gentlemen of the world, Mr. Torrance. I think I catch your drift, sir, Jack Nicholson says, winking like nonstop at Mr. Ullman. <laughs> Mr. Ullman winks back, and then his eye uh, <laughs> sticks for a moment as he tries to reopen it. <laughs> 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 Flash cut. Two, the Torrance family kitchen. Back down at a regular altitude, we see Wendy Torrance, Jack's wife and the mother of their son, Danny Torrance. Wendy is that lady who played olive oil in the live-action Popeye movie with Robin Williams? Shelley Duvall was in uh, Fairy Tale Theater, which you've probably seen. Not me. <laughs> well, I, I was born in 1998. Uh. No, you weren't. I'm young. I'm young and fresh and cool. Sharp-eyed listeners who had basic cable growing up will have seen Shelley Duvall in every episode playing a different character in uh, fairy tale theater. Oh. A wink. Let me share that with you guys. People that grew up in the not only 90s kids will understand Shelley Duvall. Anyway, enough of this shit. Danny uh, is just like a weird little quiet, intense young man. He's eating breakfast. And he turns to his mother. Mom, are we really going to live in a hotel for the whole winter? Yeah, champ. Won't that be fun? Yeah, I guess. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Danny, are you not excited to go live in a big hotel that we'll have all to ourselves for the, for the whole winter? Well, there aren't any other kids there. And there's a finite amount of children's literature that I'll have at my disposal. <laughs> Danny... <And I'll... laughs> Also, you know who thinks it's a bad idea. <sighs> Tony, why do you not want to go up and live in the in the mountains of Colorado for the weekend? Danny crooks his index finger and wiggles it as though it's some sort of proxy speaker and speaks like a real fucking creep to his mother as quote unquote Tony. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to live in a fucking hotel all winter, bada boosh. <laughs> Tony, now watch your language. We don't allow that at the breakfast table. Ah! <laughs> Danny pulls out a tiny cigarette <laughs> and, put, and places it against his uh, fingerprint. Tony, are you sure there's going to be a, probably a lot of old broken pipes and machinery for you to get your hands dirty fixing them? Yeah, speaking of old p pipes and machinery, <laughs> I think I gotta go to the proctologist, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, well, why don't we finish our breakfast and then we can uh, talk about it later. <laughs> Two steaks! <laughs> Two steaks for Tony! How about a bowl of Cheerios <laughs> for Tony? How about a fucking highball? <laughs> don't you fucking mouth back to me, you piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> Smash white! <laughs> Mr. Ullman's office. Uh, so, as you can see, this is my collection of dust. Um, 
Yeah, anyway. so I'm wondering, Mr. Ullman, if we can get down to brass tacks, nuts and bolts here, as intriguing as this collection of dust is. Oh, okay. Mr. Ullman shuffles across the room, pulls out an ornate drawer, and shows Jack all of his brass tacks. <laughs> he pulls open another one filled with nuts and bolts. <laughs> Pretty I think exciting. No, I think perhaps there's been an amusing miscommunication here, Mister Ullman. Oh, miscommunication! You get in here. <laughs> oh, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a secret, Mister Torrance. She's the only one whose bottom I don't try to grab. <laughs> Am I needed in here or what? I was over here cataloging the moth eggs and sneaking half of them in my mouth as snacks. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, you're released for the winter. All right, I'm just going to fly out this window like a bat. Miscommunication <laughs> unfurls her beautiful butterfly wings and ascends. Oh, shit like that's <laughs> happening all the time in this hotel. Jeez Louise, Mr. Roman, it seems like you need a man here of staunch character in order to put up with all the goings on. That is exactly what we are looking for, uh, Mr. Torrance. Now, if I could, I'd like to outline the duties of your job. Um, <clears throat> as you know, Colorado gets cold, and the Overlook Hotel uh, seems to get colder than anywhere else in the continental U.S., um... It, a giant sort of ice pentagram forms on the campus. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, so we need a uh, groundskeeper to prevent old Mother Winter from squeezing the hotel beneath her hoary tits. Yeah, now the guy that put me <laughs> onto this job... <laughs> The guy that put me on to this job said that there was a recent vacancy uh, due to the uh, early retirement of the previous groundskeeper. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Ullman tugs at his collar. <clears throat> Funny story, that. Um, well, uh, maybe I should just uh, act it out for you with these uh, hand puppets. Uh, it, 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 it'll make the medicine go down a bit easier. <laughs> We see Mr. Ullman, <laughs> incredibly dexterous with his hands for a man of his years, uh, bring out a puppet of Grady, the old groundskeeper, his bald puppet paint shining in the window's glare. Grady clutches his head as though it is filled with awful thoughts. He looks his dead puppet eyes at the small puppet family, the two identical twin daughters, and the mother, and he pulls out a felt axe. Oh, no! Omen <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweats and hurts his <laughs> arms with the, the dexterity of a great craftsman as he... Tiny grunts escape from his flapping lips as he maneuvers his fingers into ever-increasing and more complex patterns. This ballet of betrayal and death <laughs> as the Grady puppet chases down and axes each of his progeny unto death. <laughs> the tiny Grady puppet takes out like a perfect scale model of a shotgun at one one-hundredth uh, scale, puts it in his tiny puppet mouth and pulls the trigger, blowing the end of Ullman's thumb off. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jack, Jack Torrance, <laughs> who noticed a, a small and uncomfortably close to his crotch ink stain, has been just 
staring right down there, trying to scrape it out. <laughs> Finally turns back to Mr. Ullman. Uh, what was that? What happened exactly? Uh, no matter. Uh, <laughs> just working through them, some things of my own, I suppose. Anyway. Just, we're just workshopping <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> Look at my Patreon. Um... <laughs> For $10 a month, you get a, a, a finger puppet of your own to star in any of my uh, stories, Mr. Torrance. Yeah, enough of this fairy tale <laughs> theater. Mr. Ullman, be straight with me. Do I got the job or not? The pay is uh, $20 a day in 1970s money. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not ink in my pants anymore. It's money. <laughs> <laughs> Smash swipe. <laughs> that statement is unexplained and is one of the great mysteries of The Shining film. And one of the great mysteries of Muff movies. <laughs> Interior, the Torrance house's bathroom. Danny stands looking into the mirror, looking at his little bowl-cut boy's face. Uh, after a moment, he holds up his finger to speak to his old pal Tony. Tony, why don't you want to live in the Overlook Hotel? I don't really feel like talking about it to you there, Big D. I, uh, I got a reason or two to keep hush-hush about it. How can you have secrets from me? You live inside my mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. All right, look. Hold my feet to the fire over this bucket. We are look. one flesh as man and wife. <laughs> Wait. Richard Dreyfus, what are you doing in the bathtub? <laughs> You'll never catch me. We all float down here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dreyfus pulls the plug and swirls down the open drain, making eye contact with Danny the whole time. Um, anyway, <laughs> t anyway, Tony, uh, you were saying that you're finally willing to uh, explain to me why you don't want us to go to the Overlook after some tacit resistance? Yeah, but gosh, you know I ain't good with voids. How about I just shows you? Uh, come over here, kid. Maybe better I could just show you. <laughs> Tony uh, guides Danny's eyes into the toilet and flushes it. As no, the swirling not water... again, Tony. <laughs> no, no, kid, this is going to be a different thing. Look. As the swirling oh. waters hypnotize Danny into a lulled state. Oh. <laughs> Suddenly, Danny has a vision from later in the movie of elevators opening up and rich, iron-filled blood fortifies the entire lobby of a hotel as it spills like a river out of the elevator doors danny sees his own face acting like it's screaming i mean what are you gonna do he's like a five-year-old actor <laughs> yeah he's not very good hey kid kid Ah, uh, danny's on the floor what is it tony before i lose consciousness <laughs> well what is this uh the fourth thursday of the month when my ex-wife is home hey <laughs> Smash guy. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Danny's bedroom. Danny is lying on his bed with his little bare legs. <laughs> I don't know why. His little bare legs uh, stretched out in front of him, and a lady doctor is examining him physically. Uh, boy, I, uh, I, uh... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Danny. Just uh, 
Just tell me exactly <laughs> everything you remember before you had the seizure. Um, well, I was talking to Tony, who is the uh, Italian man that lives inside my mouth, and he was telling me about his ex-wife. Okay, that's that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Smash cut. <laughs> Living room of the Torrance family. We see Wendy sitting on the couch and speaking confidentially with the lady doctor. Oh, what is Wendy... it, doctor? Yes, what were you saying? <laughs> Uh, Wendy, uh, as your son's pediatrician, I should tell you, it's real bad for people's health to smoke as much as you do. <laughs> well, if you had a husband and son like mine, maybe you'd see things differently. Okay. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> uh, look, your boy, uh, Danny, is physically fine. Oh, I mean, good. F I mean, fine. Whoa. Um, <laughs> But psychologically, um, how should I put this? Well, it's 1970, so that's about the extent of psychological research we've gotten to. Oh, but should I be worried about it? Yeah. How long has he been talking with Tony? Oh, I don't know. Only about three or four months ever since um, Jack Torrance, my famous writer husband, who's basically perfect. Who? Um, <laughs> Jack Torrance? Wait, Jack Nicholson? What's, wait, what's <laughs> my husband's first name? <laughs> it's Jack. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to make it like the doctor is, uh, she hasn't heard of Jack and Wendy is like, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, what do you call that syndrome where you love your kidnapper? Munchausen syndrome. Thank you. Uh, you know, Jack Torrance, the famous drunk author. He wrote um, the story about the the dog, Brujo, and <laughs> um, the girl, Sherry. And then there was the one about the haunted car called Haunted Car 2, The Return. Yeah. Surely um, you've okay. heard of him. He's a very talented author. Well, first of all, my name's not Shirley. And also... Wow, deep um, cut. <laughs> speaking about deep cuts... Uh, it looks to me as though your boy's arm, uh, is, uh, I don't know, sort of out of joint. <laughs> whoa, whoa, the doctor backs up. <laughs> yeah, he and Jack were playing, and it's like, one time, and you know how boys can be boys, and Jack broke Danny's arm, and Danny tried to break, you know, you know, was laughing. <laughs> sure. And we have why... fun. Why did why did Jack uh, break his arm? They were horsing around, and Jack had had like a bottle of whiskey, and he's a tortured author who wrote under the under the chome, and under the chome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's just misunderstood, but he's a very good man. Okay, um, so is he still drinking? Yeah. Really? No. Okay, that's that. That's gonna set up some tension if he's not drinking anymore. Wendy's uh, eyes immediately widen and start darting around the room. She looks at her she, notes. <laughs> she adjusts her chair so that it is now in front of a half-drunk bottle of Dewar's. <laughs> no, Jack Nothing. Nicholson is not drinking anymore. <laughs> I beg to differ, says Jack Nicholson on his way to his trailer. Smash cut. Mountain Road. 
the Torrance family is driving up the mountain road so sinuous and windy and precarious even in the broad daylight to the Overlook Hotel. Wendy is staring at the isolation of this environment. Now, Wendy, you're going to love it, babe. There's all sorts of stuff up here. There's snow drifts. There's hedge mazes. Do you like axes? Um, well, I mean, we haven't established really anything that I like. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope we never do, babe. (laughs) Hey, um, isn't this like where the Donner Party happened? What's the Donner Party? Oh, Jesus Christ, Wendy. (laughs) Okay, hey, Dano. Um, you know how sometimes you go out with your friends... And you get caught in traffic. No. <laughs> well, fucking shut up. <laughs> I'm a really bookish kid, Dad. I don't have a lot of friends or a driver's license. Mm. I just got this crooked arm. <laughs> All right, enough about that fucking... Just one time. Just one time. <laughs> anyway, Jack swerves <laughs> maliciously into the left lane, <laughs> s- spooking the lumber driver off the road. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> He crashes into the uh, tiny weeble-wobble village <laughs> set in the town below. Finally, we can continue construction on Weeble Town. <laughs> Kill the interloper. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so a bunch of these people went up into the mountains and, oh, well, they got snowed in and decided that they wanted to eat each other, Danny Buddy Boy. You're talking about cannibalism? <laughs> How'd a kid like you learn a big word like that? I learned it from TV. Hey, you've been writing, watching the right shows, kiddo. <laughs> Jack Nicholson uh, clutches the steering wheel and fingers a switchblade knife. <laughs> Smash cut. <clears throat> the lobby of the Overlook Hotel. This spacious, shining example of horrible 1970s decorating is just a right angular trip through luxury. <laughs> we, s- we see all sorts of stained glass windows very high up, letting in tons of light with all sorts of Native American iconography on them. Yes, and this is, the, this is our historical wall of atrocities over here. This is. Wow. I've I've never even seen a room this big, let alone been in one. <laughs> I don't suppose you have, Mrs. Torrance. Uh, this is a, uh, if you don't mind my saying so, a little above your pay grade. Did you know? <laughs> did you know that uh, Oscar Wilde slept here? Uh, Who? never mind her jack nicholson pushes wendy into the (laughs) the unused fireplace Ah! oh clumsy me now now that that woman is out of the way shall we talk as men mr torrance nothing i'd rather do old man i mean old man Old man, old man, that's what they call me. Yeah, but don't think that stopped me from dipping my wick right before you got here. Uh, can barely keep my eyes open right now, if you understand what I'm saying, Mr. Torrance. I understand perfectly. We see an artisanal candle hanging out of Mr. Ullman's pants. <laughs> Smash wipe! 
the game room. Young Danny is pulling um, darts out of a dartboard, aiming carefully and throwing them. Oh, what an awful time to be a child. <laughs> Ooh, we do the best we can. Danny says Yoo-hoo. quietly to himself. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Danny turns and sees two identical twin girls dressed in matching sky blue powder blue dresses. They look at him coquettishly. They watch him with the pale intensity of a Tim Burton doodle. <laughs> Hi. Danny, don't look over here, Danny. What? Do wanna... I am looking. What? No, you go. Do you want to throw a dart through our, through our incorporeal body? No, I don't want to throw a dart through you. you. You die. No, you can. Oh, that's funny that you would say that. Try it. Okay. No, don't try it. <laughs> what? We all float <laughs> down here, Danny. What? <laughs> the girls both turn into matching horrendous clown monsters. <laughs> borp, 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 borp. Bo, jeez. Danny, let's get out of here. <laughs> Danny's finger has already <laughs> run out of the room. Danny scampers to catch up. Uh, the uh, clown monsters evaporate into mist behind him. Hi, I'm mist behind him. <laughs> See you later. Smash cut. <laughs> outside, outside the hedge maze, we see Olman, uh spry and quick moving for a man of his girth and age is leading Jack and Wendy um, just around the perimeter of the hedge maze. It now, is huge. As men of the word of the world, I'm sure that you have heard of how terrible Indians are. Of course. <laughs> they uh, they were known as the plague of the West. And they're the cause of 90% of our modern uh, hauntings. A hauntings? Give me a break, Olman. <laughs> I'm a man. Oh, okay. I'll let you laugh for a while. <laughs> I'm a man of letters. I don't believe in spooks, gooblies, or goblins. Wendy is terrified at the mention of ghosts and is shivering to herself behind a light pole. Well, I hope you never have reason to believe in them, Mr. Torrance. But, uh, regardless, the Overlook Hotel is built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Uh, so if you do happen to be stalked through the night by spooks, just remember that they're caused by, uh, people of a different race. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. I'd hate to think that any evil that comes later in this <laughs> adventure was actually due to white people. <laughs> Perish the thought. A little pop-up video for you. Uh, this is the second Stephen King book where he the haunting is supposedly caused by an Indian burial ground. The Wait a minute. Pet cemetery. The whole reason it's supposedly uh, the ghost stuff happens in that is because that's also on an Indian burial ground. Yes. But I will... I will retort. I don't think in the book they say there was an Indian burial ground. I think that's a Kubrick thing. Is it? I'm pretty sure it is. I think in the book it's just so many moidas happen that the hotel became haunted. Yeah, I'll let you off the hook this time, Stephen King, as long as you don't make a black man talk in an exaggerated ebonics patois. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, listened to the audiobook of Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining. Right. It's 
it's all about Danny when he grows up. And the Overlook Hotel, like the land that it was built on is featured in that. And it said like, it's a bad place and it just um, brings bad things to it, which yeah, almost speaks to like a even more arcane, like Cthulhuian sort of ancient evil. He describes it as like a uh, like a psychic battery of some kind that like feeds off of people that have the shining. Um, so that's both why it like attracts like horrible things and why it like drives people crazy is because it like needs to feed on psychic energies of some kind. Basically like a Kim Kardashian, am I right? <laughs> Who am I? Chris Jenner? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Was that the latest Doctor Who? Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Smash wipe. <clears throat> um and finally, uh this is the gold ballroom and lounge. Now, in its heyday, the nineteen twenties, uh the jet set used to have hot orgy parties. At midnight, they'd take off their tuxedos and just fuck. But now, it's, you know, all dry. There's no alcohol anywhere. And uh, nothing really happens. <laughs> well, that's great, Mr. Ullman. You, you have no idea what a, what a relief it is to hear that there's no alcohol and no, no sex parties happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm so relieved I could just die. Jack, <laughs> Jack <laughs> stares says... at Wendy for an extended moment, uh, <laughs> stroking a baseball bat that he's holding behind his back. Uh, okay, well, this is the chef of the hotel, um, and he'll give you a tour, or whatever chefs do. Uh, Mr. Halloran! Uh, Hello. Arise. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Dick Halloran. Whoa, what a voice on you. <laughs> Outside of this occupation, you must be a famous scat singer. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I can understand why you would say that, uh, because it's the 1970s and I am a, a black man, but uh, no. Oh, I... I don't see color. <laughs> okay, Mr. Ullman. Cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ullman uh, melts into the floor for a moment. Oh, <laughs> it hurts every time. Uh, anyway, uh, hello. Uh, I'm Dick Halloran. Uh, Jack, is it? Dick Halloran! <laughs> and uh, Wendy? You're damn right. Wow, okay. <laughs> Wendy, looks at, <laughs> Wendy looks at Mr. Halloran with little cartoon hearts in her eyes. The first <laughs> kind adult man she's ever encountered. Dick Halloran, who stands six foot five and is 189 pounds of solid muscle. Whoa. Even though he has like wild bowed legs, probably from breaking in all those wild horses in his youth in the Western <laughs> Picos. Anyway, why don't I show you guys around the uh, kitchen? Yeah, boring. I'm going to go like set up my typewriter. Wendy, you go look at all the foodstuffs. Uh, okay, why don't you, uh, go fuck yourself and I'll show your wife around. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Dick and Wendy walk, walk off in the opposite direction <laughs> as Jack scampers under a uh, end table. Smash cut. The kitchen. The kitchen is legitimately huge. It's like a giant industrial kitchen, um, which makes sense because they have a lot of guests to feed. 
Dick Halloran walks Wendy and Danny, who has joined them, through the kitchen like a proud king showing off his kingdom. I don't know if I could do Halloran's actual... Here's here's the thing that jumps out to me. Yeah. Dick Halloran in the movie has a AKA. cool... What's his... Who's the actor that plays him? Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. Has like a cool just kind of raspy voice and he kind of sounds like, Hello! Uh, Mark, it's me, Dick Halloran. Yeah. He almost has the necromancer voice, which I'm worried, first of all, would hurt me too much, and second of all, would just turn into the necromancer. But it's funny that Scatman Crothers, the actual human being, has just like a normal human voice, and then if you read The Shining book, like Stephen King has just written, so the references we've been making is that Dick Halloran in the book is just, just speaks in the most exaggerated, like, uh, Ebonics uh, that you have ever read in your life, the Unless... like in a way that no human being has ever spoken, outside of a racist's like uh, wet dreams. Yeah, unless you've read Stephen King's The Dark Tower too, in which case you'll encounter a black character who King admittedly in the book says this isn't how a real person speaks. No, and that's the whole thing. He'll do that sometimes too. There is, if you've read his Mr. Mercedes series, anyone, uh, he has a 15-year-old uh, black teen in 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 that book who, for some reason, he even points out he's like sometimes this black teen likes to talk in an exaggerated step and fetch it voice, and it's like step and fetch it was a character from a 19 like 32 radio play, who no teen would ever have heard of. And you just want an excuse to make him talk in an exaggerated, like, oh, Mr. Blip, 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 yeah. voice. Yeah, that's, you know, now that I think about it, one of the characters in It is always doing, like, a, a pickaninny, like, minstrel show voice. Yes, character. Eddie! Eddie, yeah. He will never put a black character in one of his books that he does not find an excuse to do, like, a like racist caricature at some point. And be like, but he was just having fun pretending to be a racist caricature. Anyway, S. King. All right, so what you're saying is you want me to do the racist voice. It's okay, Andy. I'll take this one. No, Dick is going to just talk in a cool voice from now on. Hello, it's me, Dick. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Anyway, we got all sorts of ice creams. And, uh, you know, whatever you could want to eat. It's okay, Andy. Uh, the president has told us we need to be uh, really angry at Mexico for some reason. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. It's weird. I think nowadays, like, Mexico has become America's, like, scapegoat. There's all this rhetoric from Trump about, like, how dangerous the Mexicans are. And I'm like, does anybody, is anybody afraid of the Mexicans anymore? Did you? Like, is, is that even a thing that people feel? Yeah, it's a funny, it is a funny thing. It's like we've somehow, I mean, this is something that we were, I mean, I think we all as liberals are kind of on the same page in terms of like, this is stuff that we were making fun of like 10 years ago about how politicians used to whip us up into a fury about illegal immigrants. And now it's like just happening for real and everybody's like on board with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. I feel like we've really had a breakthrough here, Mark. We should tell some folks about this. Yeah, you know what, guys? We're scrapping Muffin Movies. <laughs> this is... Um... Well, hello there, Danny! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, hello there. I, I'm Danny Torrance. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Dick Halloran. I'm the chef here. You know what, Dick Halloran? Even though we've just met, you have the charm of a man who has been performing music for all your life. <laughs> what a kind thing to say, but no, I've just been a humble chef here, and well, at other places. You know, I work at the Overlook here in the summer months, but there's nobody come up here between October and, let's say, late May. It's, yeah, it's almost like uh, Chicago. <laughs> The musical? Oh, God, I love musicals. That's why I named my invisible friend Tony. Come on, B, why don't we paint the town? Do you know that one, Danny? No. <laughs> and all that jazz. You... I'm into rent. But you just fucking said that you were <laughs> having, old, gotcha. having some fun with old Dick, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. You Gee, know I'd what? I'd like to have some fun with old Dick as well. <laughs> we call him Doc, Mr. Halloran. Oh, really? <laughs> Seems like we were having an A to B conversation then, but uh But you just left that one open and I decided to slam dunk. <laughs> hey, uh why don't you leave me and the boy alone for just a second, Wendy? Okay, oops, there goes my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, that's great. Why don't you show the potatoes over there? <laughs> Wendy exits the kitchen, leaving a, a trail of it, it, uh, you know, sex stuff behind. <laughs> Could you not figure... <laughs> Just racking your brain for, like, sex... I, I was gonna say a trail of negligees, but it's like there's one negligee, and then you're done. You could have said you know? a trail of negligee. Maybe she's wearing, like, uh, Dance of the Seven Veils-style multiple-layered lingerie. We're all familiar with Dance of the Seven Veils. <laughs> uh, you guys know... Mm. <laughs> the latest in Victoria's Secrets, uh, ancient tales line, the Dance of the Seven Veils. <laughs> hey, Doc. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember who who is who now, yeah. It's me, yes, Dick Halloran. Hey, Hi, why Mr. don't you read my lips, Doc? And Dick okay. stares Danny dead in the eyes, his mouth pursed, fully closed, and he looks at Danny, and Danny hears very... Very clearly inside his mind. Hey, what's up, Doc? Ah! <laughs> and he screams and punches Dick Halloran in the cheek. Ow! Dick's false teeth fall out. Ah, free! <laughs> oh, no, you don't! Mr. Holman <laughs> grabs them and chucks them back to Dick Halloran. <laughs> Well, thanks there, Mr. Roman. I thought I was going to have to get out the old butterfly net. Oh, my God, you just blade, blade, oh my God, you just brain blasted me, Mr. Halloran. Yeah, and I'll do it again. That's what we call the shining, Danny, and I could tell you had it from the moment you walked in here. Really? Yeah. Do you ever have, find yourself having bad dreams about things that you couldn't possibly have ever seen before? Or knowing things before they happen, Danny? Yeah, all the time. Do you ever look at a woman and you just know what she would be like in bed? And it's almost like you don't even have to go home with her because y you you know what that would be like. And it kind of skips the hassle. Well, I mean, that's really easy for me because a woman would always just be lying in bed sleeping. <laughs> and she'd be <laughs> lying out of bed, wouldn't she, Danny? <laughs> Tony laughs along with Dick Halloran. <laughs> Dick high-fives Tony. <laughs> A smond sprouts out of Danny's index finger.
<laughs> Boom. <laughs> Smash cut to later on in the kitchen. Dick and Danny have been talking for a good long time about this psychic power they both share. We can see their drinks are both uh, three quarters of the way done. Danny's milk and Dick's dragon's milk. <laughs> now I have to drink this so that I don't die. I'm over a thousand years old at this point, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> wow. But you'll so get there. <laughs> um. So, look, my parents know that I shine, but I'm not uh, supposed to talk about it. And why and, is that? Well, um, it makes them freaked out, and also Tony discourages it. Yeah, I don't want this guy flapping his gums about all our secrets. Gosh, don't go showing your money all over town the day after, you know? <laughs> I know what you mean, Tony. <laughs> Snitches get stitches, am I right? <laughs> uh, Tony, now now terribly bruised from repeatedly high-fiving Dick Halloran. <laughs> uh, Dick, can uh, can we cut the shit? I need to ask you something. Now, where did a little boy like you learn a word? Oh, Dick looks at Tony uh, again and <laughs> cuts that question off midway through. What's the question? <laughs> Um, it, 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 it has anything like real bad happened to this hotel? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shit has happened. What do you want to hear about? <laughs> we see the camera zoom into Dick Halloran's <laughs> pupil and get a montage of all the horrible things that have happened at the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> Smash wipe even later in the kitchen. <laughs> and then there were these two broads. <clears throat> and I don't know, they I lost track of them, and they just started cutting up on each other for some reason. We went up there, and there was this screaming, and there wasn't much of left when we got there, just blood all over the walls, and they were chewing on each other's shoulder blades. That was 1998. <laughs> and also, somebody... <laughs> As a prank, put a dead lady in a bathtub. <laughs> whoa, 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 Mr. Halloran, I didn't want to hear any of this. Yeah, that was room 237. <laughs> no! Room 237, Don't Danny. tell me. <laughs> now listen, Danny, I know you're thinking about room 237. Well, I can't not think about it now. You told me. Look, Danny, there ain't nothing in room 237. Wait, you so just told... <laughs> stay out. That's... Go up to the second floor by the main stairwell, take a left. Dick presses a room key into Danny's <laughs> hand. It's the third door on your right. You take this room key and you throw it as far away from you as you can. Put it in your pocket for now. And then while you have a moment, go bury it somewhere or throw it out in because I don't want you going in that room. That room again is 237. <laughs> If you forget where it is, here's my cell phone number. <laughs> Smash cut. A month later. In the bedroom. In the bedroom. Wendy's serving breakfast. We see the um optimistic face of Wendy Torrance bringing in a gigantic platter of breakfast in bed for her hubby. She sets it down next to Jack's uh, sleeping form. He slowly rises. A foot above the surface of the bed. Jack! Jack! 
What is it, Wendy? I was having that dream again. The one where you ate your pillow? <laughs> Wait, I always get that wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and then when I woke up, this marshmallow was gone. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, anyway, I made your eggs sunny side up just like you like. <laughs> Thanks, bitch. But I don't like eggs anymore. I'm a what? raw meat man now. Oh. Hey, you should have seen this Las Vegas show that we saw called Beat the Beatles. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah, sounds real classy. Anyway, if you don't mind, Wendy, I'm going to get back to typing out the next world's greatest novel. You know, um, Jack, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You've been staying up late and sleeping in, and I don't hear a lot of writing going on from you and your typewriter. I mean, do you have any good ideas? Wow, Wendy, it's weird that you, a woman, would be asking me if I have any good ideas. <laughs> I guess I'm just interested in your work is all. Did you ever hear an infinite jest? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rolls. Ullman <laughs> rolls over in bed and laughs with Jack. <laughs> now this will be my last day here at the Overlook with you. <laughs> Oh, come on, just one more. No, I am afraid I must go to my other hotel that I manage <laughs> in, in Transylvania. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, jeez, I'm going to miss you, old roly-poly-oly. <laughs> well, I'll eat these eggs before I go. You don't have to say <laughs> goodbye to me just yet. But uh, if we could have an A to B conversation, Mrs. Torrance... Yes, it's me, Mrs. Torrance. No, I mean me and your husband. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I guess I'll just fuck off like all of you are really strongly implying with your tone. <laughs> Wendy uh, leaves the room and sees uh, Danny uh, wandering around in the colossal lobby of the Overlook. Hey, Mom. Oh, what's the matter, little guy? Uh, nothing. It's just Tony was explaining some stuff to me that made me feel real uncomfortable. Oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> Listen, Danny, there's a beautiful hedge maze outside that we haven't even gone into. Hey, I'll race you there. <laughs> okay, Mom. Seems like you have a head start because you're a full-grown adult, but I got these little boy's legs, but whatever. Shelly Duvall stretches her giant gazelle-like legs <laughs> and takes the field three strides at a time. <laughs> She leaps over the six-foot hedges and rolls on the other side. Um, okay, so I, I guess I'll see you when you get out of there. You're going to have to be faster than that to keep up with me, champion gymnast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Danny kicks the dirt. <laughs> Wendy races off into the depths of the hedge maze, cackling. But what will she find in the center? Tuesday! Oh! Whoa, Tuesday! The second floor halls of the Overlook Hotel. Ew, what disgusting carpet. It's like crazy octagonal 1970s, like orange and burgundy and ugh. But you know what? That doesn't stop young Danny Torrance from driving his 1970s big wheel scooter around. Do you guys remember like, big wheels? Big wheels were the shit. Yeah, big wheels were awesome. And Danny's big wheel is, like, legit. It's, like, made of iron. Danny stops in front of room 237. Don't go in there. What? Don't ride your big wheel through us. We're intangible. You would go right through us. What? Danny turns around, and he sees the memory of the girls 
from the uh, game room. Hi. Just, what? You keep saying what like we're not being clear, but I think you can hear us. Are you just nervous to talk to a pair of girls? Well, yeah, but also, it's uh, y you're real creepy. I thought that you two left when the building closed for no, this uh, winter. We weren't allowed to because we live here forever because we're intangible spirits. Huh? You're really, you're really not burying the lead on this one, are you? Do you want to, you want to come play with us forever? N no, girls are gross. Danny throws the <laughs> the key to room two thirty seven that Dick Halloran uh like burned into his palm. <laughs> it flies towards the girls. Oh no, iron! <laughs> and shatters one of their spectral faces with the the holy metal of iron. The other girl hisses and backflips down the hallway at a faster speed than a human being should be able to run. Holy shit. <laughs> Hey, what happened? I just woke up over here. Tony, <laughs> Tony says coming out of Danny's pocket. Ow! Uh, Danny reacts to Tony coming back uh, to life. I saw those girls again, Tony. Oh, jeez, you didn't wake me up, Bagoon. You know what you're like when you're hungover. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Smash wipe! <laughs> hey, let's take a small pause. What are we, two cats? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> I find that the quieter I can say pretty good, the more scathing it is. <laughs> Smash cut! <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Colorado room, which, hold on for a second. Okay. The Colorado room. Yeah. At a hotel in Colorado? Come on, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Wendy wanders in with a sandwich, uh, a, a craft single on some Wonder Bread, Jack's favorite. <laughs> For once, we see Jack Torrance typing away at his selectric, I don't know what typewriters are, <laughs> I'm young and hip, at his, <laughs> his um, pioneer uh, old-fashioned number two uh, teletype electric uh, typewriter. He is just whacking them keys away <laughs> that he doesn't even notice Wendy's approach until she is hovering over him. And the Tommy knockers went, the snuck up behind the woman. Jack. And yeah! Jack. Oh. <laughs> Wendy. Jack flails, Jack flails his arm in surprise and shatters the sandwich. <laughs> As though it were a piece of glass. <laughs> oh, Jack, that was the last of the winter bread. What? Are you serious? <laughs> yes, that huge we're all kitchen out. and storeroom? Yes. How much bread have you been eating? <laughs> no, you made us made the bread for it, remember? Because you said that it helped you with your process? Ah! <laughs> Jack looks out the window and sees a moldering, sagging construction <laughs> made to look like an igloo out of bread. That was my Les Miserables. <clears throat> what? Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to understand, Wendy. It's a smart, rich guy reference. Jack turns to the camera and winks at the audience, who chuckles and applauds in appreciation. I say. <laughs> Wendy, can we lay some ground rules? The love of my life 
my angel. Um, sure, Jack. You just you, you could just like take it down a notch because <laughs> kind of frightening me. Sure, I'll take it down a notch, Jack. Uh, he takes the clown from it and pulls it off of one of the many spikes coming out of the walls and lowers it one notch. <laughs> We all float down here, Jack. Don't forget it. <laughs> it's me, Pennywise. Yeah, quiet, Pennywise. I'm talking to my beautiful wife for a second. Hello, I'm I'm Tommy Knocker. <laughs> Does somebody call me? Don't mind me over here. I can entertain myself. <laughs> no, Tommy. We're fine. <laughs> Jack uh, licks his lips and advances on his now frightened wife. Uh, if this is about like breaking your concentration when you're writing, I, I, I guess um, you, should, uh... you guess, you guess, oh. Wendy. Do you think that when you guess uh, that you got it right? Do you think you pulled the correct answer out of that little head of yours? Do you think that you managed to win the old Powerball jackpot, Wendy? I suppose. It I suppose I didn't, Jack. Um, yeah, I'd know. say you didn't, <laughs> Wendy. So why don't you let me uh, lay out some rules for the both of us? What do you think? Okay. How about yeah, sure. if you're wandering around outside on your little uh, tippy toes, if you hear me tippy-tapping away in here, Wendy... And Jack mimes uh, typing with his hands in midair as if Wendy is incapable of understanding the words coming out of his mouth. Like Jackie Chan was incapable of understanding the words coming out of Chris Tucker's mouth. Yeah, if you hour. hear that... What? <laughs> yeah, Rush Hour. I'm not familiar with Stephen it. Stephen King's finest novels. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my hands? Jack Torrance shouts at his wife at the top of his lungs, his bloodshot yes. eyes bugging forward. I, I understand <laughs> Wendy screams in terror and dismay and limbs akimbo scurries out of the room and back into their family suite. I say, old fellow, that's not cricket. You're a little bit hard on the little woman, don't you think? Quiet, my own penis. <laughs> Smash gun. <laughs> Uh, it's like effortless how good I am at this. <laughs> you still got it. You're like a modern day Stephen King of comedy. Thursday. The Colorado room again. <laughs> I think that we're not pointing out that like when we say Thursday, that's uh what's his name? Who's the boy who directed this movie? Oh, that's that's young boy Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I know that's like the fourth time I've asked that, which would probably make Stanley Kubrick like turn over in his grave. Is he dead? Yeah. We got him. Oh, yeah. He's dead as a door now. I think anyway. he died after Eyes Wide Shut. shut. Oh, he died uh, after making Eyes Wide Shut? Yeah, he died from erotic... Asphyxiation. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he choked on this dick! Oh! Uh, anyway. <laughs> Every time we say <laughs> Thursday in that tone of voice yeah. or whatever, there's a big old fucking pretentious, like... Uh, card title title card title card is the is the word so just pretend like that happens and it's supposed to be scary i guess anyway yeah it it's always like ding like the uh law and order sound dunk dunk thursday we're back in the colorado, colorado room, room. <laughs> thank a, god 
a bull's head turns to Jack Torrance. You're not looking so good, Jack. Jack shushes the head <laughs> with one finger and intensely stares out the window, dead ahead, in that way where you tilt your head down and kind of look through your brow at whatever is in front of you, which if someone took your picture or put you on a movie poster would make you look like an evil bad guy. Like That's the, what he's doing. Like the Jack Nicholson face. Oh, yeah. J-Face. And uh, as he does this, we hear the mounting and tense ominous music playing on the score, <laughs> which can only indicate... Which can only indicate that Jack is receiving a psychic puppet show by the Overlook <laughs> Hotel's evil energies. Jack's lips begin to move along with the with the melody. The weirdest thing is that Jack has never heard the entertainer in his life. <gasps> Does that mean that he's never seen The Sting, one of the finest pieces of cinema of the 1960s? Quiet down there, um, Green Mile. <laughs> oh, I know when I'm not wanted. It's me, Green Miles, the housekeeper. Oh, I'm sorry, the ghost housekeeper. I guess I'll just dissolve into ectoplasm again, shall I? <laughs> Green Miles cleans himself up after he dissolves into ectoplasm. <laughs> I can't think of any other Stephen King titles that also work as people's names that aren't actually people's names. I mean, Green Miles uh, isn't a person's name, but it works. Yeah. <clears throat> Tommy Knockers. Likes... <laughs> Pretty good. I'm I'm Night Shift. <laughs> I've ridden upon my steed. Smash White. The radio room. Hey, did video kill the radio room? Uh, no, it didn't. Wendy speaks into her ham radio set. No, that's a that's a big one niner, Big Ben. You want to give me a ten one nine on that? Uh, this is this is Big Ben. Uh, Thank you for uh, tuning in, by the way, Wendy. I think more people need to know that the Earth is flat and hollow at the same time, and ham radio is the only platform that a uh, uh, civic-minded individual like me has. Now, thanks a lot, Big Ben. Now, you were about to, you said you had about 45 minutes of stuff that you wanted to tell me about women? Yeah. Pretty women. <laughs> Fascinating. Sipping coffee. All of a sudden, there is a sharp... (laughs) And the switchboard goes out completely. Wendy flips switches to no avail. Danny, using his psychic eavesdropping ability, goes, Oh, man! (laughs) The first musical he'd have been able to listen to in several weeks. Hello? Hello, Big Ben? Hello? Oh, this is the park ranger. I'm sorry, uh... Big Ben's conspiracy ham radio show is over, but uh, this is Park Ranger. My, coincidentally, my name is also Ben, and uh, I am rather big. Uh, okay, huh. Ben. Um, listen, this snowstorm outside is really picking up. Uh, do you think that we should maybe come down uh, out of the Overlook Hotel here? Because <laughs> we're kind of alone up oh. here. Oh, good one, Wendy. Good one. Listen. 
Uh, Wendy, here at the park ranger station, we are just up to our armpits in snow. I'm going to tell you something else. These park rangers, they're, <laughs> they're some rough and tumble hombres. Uh, okay, these are big boys. These are fellas. They like to eat a lot. They like to swear with a the curse. And they haven't seen a woman in about six years, Wendy. So you want to stay put right where you are. In fact, you might want to get even further from the radio ranger. Mm, I'm drunk. The ranger <laughs> station. Hey, man, who are you talking to? Hey, oh, shit. Shut up or I'm not going to punish you again by fucking you. Anyway. Wendy abruptly shuts the radio off. Hey, you got any kids? <laughs> she shuts the radio off again, realizing that she missed the power switch the first time. She puts the radio into a small casket that is sitting open next to the radio that says, in case of radio emergency. <laughs> she sticks it in, nails the casket shut, and then slides it into the incinerator room. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Smash Oh, <wipe>. boy. <laughs> uh, Danny, uh, riding his big wheel around now with a dead look in his eyes. He has obviously been doing this for a while comes around a corner and spots the two young girls he saw earlier. G -g 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 girls That's right. Hey, Danny. Hey, Danny. You want to come over here and give us a kiss? Good luck. Okay, first of all, even if you were real girls, like you're I'm... You're real girls. You're real girls? How dare you <laughs> say that to us? I'm of the age where I still think girls are like an alien race. We're an alien race. What? We could turn into clowns or whatever. Sometimes we talk in step and fetch it voices. <laughs> no, I don't need any of that. <laughs> Come over here, Danny. Try and put uh, corn into our mouths. You'll find it will fall straight to the ground because we're ghosts. Okay, listen, ghosts. I've had it up to here with being haunted by you. Now, how hard's the hand going? You didn't even hold your hand up when you said that. Okay, look, my, I've had it up to here, Danny. Pulls his hand hey, broads! <laughs> unleashing Tony. <laughs> now this is what I like to get up for in the morning. Oh no, <laughs> I don't. I don't like a sexually aggressive finger. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> One of the twins just bolts. I'm okay with it. <laughs> hey, all right. Let me just slick my hair back over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I don't want to watch. Danny closes his eyes, and suddenly he is hit with a psychic revelation of the vision that the girls were the old groundskeeper's daughters. Danny sees their dead, dismembered bodies covered in blood and an axe lying right next to them. It's like a... Hi. <laughs> it's like a hideous parody of the famous puppet show <laughs> that Mr. Ullman performs in Steppenwolf Theater Garage Space every Thursday, <laughs> Thursday and Friday night at 7. Danny, you're really fucking cock-blocking me here in front of the Goyles. No, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. What are you talking about? Girls, they're not real. Danny opens his eyes again, and all the girls are gone. Yeah, you figured it out, huh, kid? <laughs> yeah. Figured it out actually absolutely the worst time for old Tony, Hey. Tony, come on, realistically, what were you going to do? They're little girls. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, they said we was going to be up here forever with them, so eventually they're going to be of legal age, and that's when it's old Tony's time to shine, eh? Tony, use your head, okay? They died at the age that they are at now, and they're going to stay that way. 
You mean to use my toyed knuckle? <laughs> I'm a finger kid. I live in your mouth. Danny bites his finger. Day. <laughs> Monday. Smash cut. <laughs> <clears throat> to the Torrance family's suite in the uh, Outlook Hotel. We got there. That one came with a prize. <laughs> Danny is playing the home version of Don't Wake Daddy. Danny is on a stealth mission to be as quiet as fuck and get his toy out of Daddy's room. <laughs> hey, Danny boy. Ah! Danny Thought turns... you could sneak up on your... <laughs> Danny drops from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> the suction cup hands fall askew. Jack lassos him with a, a lariat of rope and pulls him across the room towards him. <laughs> Danny claws at the carpet. Thought you could sl- s- sneak up on your old gunslinger paw, huh? Oh. Well, just remember that you'll never be able to kill me. What? You heard me. <laughs> I love you so much, kid. Also, what? What? <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? You hang up first. Richard Dreyfus, on the other side of the bedroom, is speaking into the phone. What? The phone is dead, Dreyfus. <laughs> Give it a rest. Oh, well, sorry, fellas. I uh, sorry if I woke you up by talking to all these girls, but I guess I'll <laughs> head on up to Canada to visit my long-term girlfriend. Dreyfus hops on a snowblower and <laughs> heads snowblower. off for the Canadian boar. <laughs> Is he like a uh, modern wintertime version of a Harry Potter student? <laughs> like riding no, a yeah. snowblower? Like I, a... I view him more as like that straight story guy who went across the country on a riding lawnmower. So he's just going to take like uh, a year and a half to get up to Canada. My story would be made into an episode <laughs> of fairy tale theater. Smell you later. I hope to be played by Shelley Duvall. So anyway there, Dano. Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance grabs Danny and puts him in a headlock and then kisses his head. I'd never do anything to hurt you. Don't you know that? <laughs> Did your bitch mom tell you that I was going to cut you both up with an axe? Good idea. Well, I never would because I love you too much. Jeez, Dad. No, she didn't. What a weird methinks the lady doth protest too much style situation. What? You know from Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, of course I know that. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Jack punches himself really quick in the nads. (laughs) And scene. Wednesday. Hallway. Smash into the hallway, kids, because Danny's playing with his toys there. Suddenly, a tennis ball rolls into the middle of Danny's semicircle of toys. (laughs) What? Tennis? It's me, a tennis ball. <laughs> Stephen King's scariest novel. <laughs> a, the tennis ball swivels a pair of googly eyes towards Danny. <laughs> what do you want, tennis ball? Oh, I just want you to put me back where I came from right in there. Danny looks across the hall, and room 237's door is ajar. Inside, there's a scary-looking furnace, like the one in Kevin McAllister's basement that opens his mouth and says, oh, Come in, Danny. Be our guest. Smash wipe. Uh, to the boiler room. This is the only time in the movie we see the fucking boiler room because it doesn't play any role in later events in the story in Kubrick's version. 
It yeah, in Kubrick's version, he's like, who gives a shit about the boiler room? The boiler room Who's is... Who's Stephen King? There's the fucking gun on the mantle of the novel. Ah, uh, the Chekhov's gun! Yeah, thank you. That's what I meant. I, I always think Hedda Gabler. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Do you always think Hedda Gabler? <laughs> Every goddamn minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. Oh, Wendy. no. Runs out of the boiler room sh- where she was impotently uh, twisting knobs and fiddling <laughs> with switches. Shoveling coal into the hungry mouth of the boiler. Thank you. <laughs> uh, at the, like, un- uncomfortable uh, mutters and groans that Jack is yelling from up in the writing room. She uh, makes three huge gazelle-like strides and lands in the Colorado room where Jack has been sleeping at his writing table. Jack, wake up. You're having a dream, I assume. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Wow. Oh, my gosh, Wendy. What happened? That was the most horrible dream I ever had in my life. Describe it to me. <laughs> I dreamt that that after everything we talked about and after I repeated myself a million fucking times <laughs> that my wife came in and interrupted me again while I was trying to write. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no comment? <laughs> Wendy? Oh, no! <laughs> Wendy scrambles uh, towards the exit when she knocks, boof, suddenly into her baby boy, Danny. Danny stands like a zombie, totally traumatized and mute, staring dead ahead. Wendy looks at Danny's ripped shirt collar and sees bruising all across his neck as though someone had throttled him with the viciousness of an undead grip. Jack, what the hell is this? What did you do to Danny? (laughs) Boys will be boys. Oh! Says Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy grabs Danny and races out of the room, away from the two men. Smash oh, wipe, go, Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah, Smash way guy. to go, Dreyfus. Says the boiler. <laughs> <laughs> Smash cut the uh, hallway. We see Jack pissed off, muttering to himself, walking through the halls. When suddenly he notices. The Gold Room Lounge, that old empty ballroom and bar that old Mr. Oldman showed him long ago. There seems to be a familiar scent in the air, and Jack is lured by it. He walks in and sees the bar is lit up. Jack sits down at the bar, rubs his temples. And then does a funny little improv routine to himself. Uh, Gee, Lloyd, good to see you again, old bartender. If I uh, was still a drinking man, I sure would uh, go for a nice bourbon on the rocks right now. That sounds great. (laughs) Sorry. That sounds great, Mr. Torrance. If you stop interrupting me, Mr. Narrator, I could get a drink (laughs) for the famous... uh, the old big shot author over here. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jack's eyes bug out as he sees the imaginary scene partner he was talking with has now become visually available. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
I am on the market and I'm looking for people that are looking to hang out and spend time together. But I'll say this, Mr. Torrance, you're not exactly my type. <laughs> Bourbon and soda, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. How much do I owe you there, Lloyd? Oh, no, that's on the house. The Haunted Overlook Hotel has paid your tab, Mr. Torrance. Okay, this'll maybe come up again. I'm weirdly into trying to pay for these drinks that obvious ghosts are giving me. <laughs> You're not allowed to. We only want one thing from you, Mr. Torrance. But I think you know what that is, huh? I g I'm starting to get a sneaking suspicion, Lloyd. Mr. Torrance, tell me one thing. Yeah. Do you ever think that maybe your wife is a real pain in the ass? <laughs> Do I ever not think that is the real question, Lloyd? <laughs> it's the 1970s, so maybe the audience is supposed to uh, agree with us at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they both turn to the camera. <laughs> but behind them, just out of frame, we see Wendy entering the room. Jack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it, Wendy? What you doing? I'm talking to myself, obviously. <laughs> Jack turns Jack. to Lloyd, the imaginary bartender, and tips him a wink. <laughs> You're not allowed to tip me, Mr. Torrance, and that includes tipping me winks. Now, why don't you take that wink and give it to your bitch wife? Maybe it'll calm her down for a second. Jack, cowed by Lloyd's authority, <laughs> slinks off of his bar stool, crosses the ballroom floor, and then resentfully winks at Wendy. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, Jack. That really calmed me down. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway. <clears throat> so, uh, do you have something you wanted to tell me, or did you just come in to, like, step on my dick some more? No, Jack. The, Danny said that there's some... He, he told me what happened. He told me that you didn't do anything to him. He says there's some sort of crazy woman in the hotel. You know what, Wendy? I think there is a crazy woman... Look, she's right through there! Jack points across the ballroom floor at the giant mirror wall. What? <laughs> is it you? Hold You're on. the crazy woman? <laughs> <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Jack races across the ballroom and pulls the curtain all the way open <laughs> so that Wendy can see herself in the mirror as well. Oh, get I now. get it. Oh, okay, it's me. Yeah. No, Jack. <laughs> First of all, fuck you. All right. Smash wipe. <laughs> Miami. Welcome Dick Halloran. to Miami. <laughs> Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran wearing a Hawaiian shirt and skimpy shorts. Watches yeah. a weather report. <clears throat> Mr. Halloran, help. It's me, Danny. Danny who? Mr. Halloran. <laughs> Danny from the, what? from the fucking hotel, remember? Oh, uh, boy. I'm on vacation. Oh, Mr. Halloran, listen, we, we're in some real deep shit here, you know? There's a, some crazy chicks here and somebody tried to strangle us. Bagosh! Oh, Tony. Tony, I know you're in trouble. I, I'm coming right away. What am I, trap liver? Sorry, mini boiler. <laughs> <laughs> he throws a piece of coal into the animated mini boiler's mouth and it dances back and forth in pleasure. <laughs> be all good. Be all good. <laughs> Smash cut. Room 237. Knocky, knock, knock. All day long. Hands off cocks and on with socks. Room 237. <laughs> the door to room 237 creaks open 
revealing 1970s decor. Jack looks around with his wolf-like gaze, checking for any crazy women, as Wendy put it. Anybody in here? It's me, my son. Somebody want to strangle me? (laughs) What an idiot. From the bathroom, he hears a tiny trickle of water. Um, uh, hello? Uh, Jack creeps through the door and turns his head around the corner and sees, oh my goodness, a a, a woman? (laughs) Woman. (laughs) One of the park rangers. (laughs) One of the park rangers 70 miles below gets the scent of a naked woman. (laughs) He raises his head in a bestial howl and the park rangers begin charging Towards the Overlook Hotel, 70 <laughs> miles across the deep snow drifts away. <laughs> oh, hello, says the long, lithe, model-like woman. It seems you have caught me in a bit of a state. Uh, yeah, geez, sorry to interrupt you. I'm just, uh, <laughs> it seems that there was a little misunderstanding around uh, strangling my son. It's funny you should mention misunderstanding. That is what they used to call me when I was young and beautiful, says the woman as she nakedly uh, leaves the bath and sashays towards Jack. Well, if you don't mind my saying so, you don't look too bad nowadays either, Jack says, smoothing his eyebrows. (laughs) Which have become fully erect. (laughs) Well, if you don't like... Wait. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Miss Massey punches herself in the genitals. (laughs) Very good, says Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) Well, if you like how I look, you'll love how I taste, she says, and slides her tongue into married man Jack Torrance's mouth. (laughs) Jack gets into it for a time. I'm into it. (laughs) He catches glimpse of his own reflection in the mirror and makes eye contact with it. I can't do it unless I can see myself as well. It's <laughs> he tips not weird. himself. He tips himself a wink in the mirror, American Psycho style. <laughs> Suddenly, he looks down at the beautiful woman's buttocks and sees that they have turned a putrid black color, and the skin is sliding off the cheeks. <laughs> What's the matter, Jack? Two seconds ago, you were completely into me. Oh, no. Richard Dreyfus? <laughs> Get back here. You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Jack, terrified, <laughs> filled with gay panic, <laughs> escapes staggering backwards out the door and slams the door to room 237, locking the key and breaking it off. <laughs> Smash wipe. Dick Halloran's home back in Miami. Dick Halloran is looking into the telephone. Hello? <laughs> the line's dead. <laughs> Smash wipe. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, Mark. You're cutting it off. There's another 20 minutes left of that scene. 